Is there a stigma to being a gamer? Is it time for gamers to rise up? Hello and welcome to Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Sawbridge is bringing you guys lucky episode 85. Brett, tell them who we are. Well, if you don't know who we are, we are, like we said, Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. You can typically find us, excuse me, I am sick, on YouTube in video format every Monday at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST. If you like what we're doing there, subscribe, hit the notification bell, let you know when our videos hit every Monday, guaranteed, haven't messed that one up yet. (laughs) And then, you know, the one mess up we did for Friday, the first Friday of every month, we take the reader mail questions that we don't get to in the normal episodes, and we put them together into a reader mail only episode, which is a little more loose, a little more, um, let's see, what do you want to call that? Um, it's, it's more vulgar. uh, We we let ourselves go. It's a little more unhinged. Yeah. It's a little more unrated. This we try to keep pretty PG. But uh, mainly because it's more informative than just answering random questions that y'all ask us about dogs sweating from their armpits. Yeah. I mean, from their feet. So why do they have armpits? You know, when you go through stuff like that. Anyway, you can also find us on podcast services uh, in audio format only. And those include iTunes, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, and Spotify these days. So if you like what we're doing over there and specifically on iTunes, you can give us a review. Helps people find us. <clears throat> it helps get our numbers up there. And of course, it helps people see what we're doing right what we're doing wrong helps us see what we're doing right and wrong and how we want to evolve the show as we continue to do it uh lastly you can come and talk to us about the stuff we talk about in the show in our discord under the podcast discussions uh, channel or general chat and just hang out with everybody in the community you can find us over on facebook in the facebook community called triangle squared a playstation podcast uh <clears throat> I feel like I'm going to be doing that a lot this episode, so I hope not. Yeah. Uh, but you can also Let's support hope. us on Patreon, uh, where we have a lot of stuff in the back works right now. But for the time being, you support what we're doing. You help keep the show ad-free for as long as possible uh, and help us just cover cost of new things as we need them. And, of course, uh, cost to host the show so that it comes out to all of these uh, things for you. But... <clears throat> I think that that is about all. So, Saul, what have you been doing this week? Have you been sick like me? Our weather's been actually kind of nice. This is just my allergy weather season. A little side note, speaking of the weather, was was your TPMS light on today? Not today. Uh, like a week ago it hit. Okay. See, oh, mine's doing crazy this weird story. thing. Well, I was going to say, mine's doing this weird thing, like where I got in my car this morning, and we both have Hyundai cars, um, but I went to my like the TPMS light that came on, and I was yeah. like, okay, this is low pressure, so... I'm going to have to drive to see my tire pressure. And it was at like 22, okay? Mm. Which is kind of low. I mean, not dangerously my, low, but you kind of... way... I have a crazier story about I, tire pressure. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, you don't want to drive on that too long. But as I was driving to work, I kept on my digital screen up there my tire pressure. By the time I got to work, it was back at 28. My car is supposed is rated for 32. But my light's still on. But I've noticed that the past week, like last week, my tires are typically rated at 28 anyways. So I does can't, yours do an average? Because I've never seen that. Or does it show you individual tire pressures? It shows me individual tire pressures. And all of them around 28? All of them around 10, 28 as of right now. So Well, that's probably because the air pressure's gone down. You need to get yourself back to 32. The thing is... Oh, I'm gonna, I always put 35 in there in the winter. You can, just to give yourself yeah, just, room. Yeah, three three pounds per tire for it to leak out if it does. Rougher ride. Uh, actually, not really. Better gas mileage? Better gas mileage. Not necessarily rougher. It'd be rough around 40, 45 maybe. Well, we're not sure. a car podca- a no. podcast, but yeah. But I what's your crazy story? Uh, so you, I had a flat 
uh, that I mentioned in the Discord where I ran over a bolt or something. And anyway, my car, because I have insurance on my tires, went to the dealer. They put a uh, new tire on. The day I got it back, and I was like, okay, cool. Everything's fine. Tires are fine, aired up. Went outside the next morning, was driving to work. I didn't check my tires because I was tired and running a slight bit or running to where I would be late if I spent too much time. So anyway... I went to get in the car and I was driving. I was like, man, my tire feels low. And my TPMS was on. I was like, it's cold though. I was like, maybe that's it. By the time I got to work, I was like, I feel like this may be another flat. And I was like, that'd be my luck. I ran over something else. Got to work. I looked at my tire. It was super low. I rolled over to where we work because we have an air chuck to put the stuff in. It was on five PSI. Yeah, that's dangerously low. And I was like, what the That's hell? flat. I swore. I was like, there's got to be a hole in this. Or I ran over something. Aired it back up. Nothing's wrong with it. So uh, apparently just the temperature... Yeah, mine was went, enough mine to drop mine like, by thirty something because mine, mine's rated at thirty two as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> that's crazy. I do need to find before we get when we get done something to put a pin in your mind. I need to find a gas station in this town that actually has a tire gauge. Mm. I can't find one. Yeah, you just need to buy yourself a tire gauge. I have a tire gauge, but by the time you end up using it and filling up the air, you're down two tires and you got to put another dollar in the machine to air up the other two. Stupid. But, <laughs> That everybody breaks all the tire gauges off. But anyways, I've been playing the same games. Red Dead 2 and uh, Destiny 2. So nothing much different here. What about you? Red Dead, Destiny, and I don't think I played anything else. Yeah, I've been pretty much stuck <clears throat> on, on those two games. I, I think I'm going to play some Red Dead when I go home tonight after everything is said and done. Um, we're going out to eat at, a, at not Roadhouse. Well, that was our original idea, but then... Stuff on a Saturday night is just not good here. Like that late, it's too busy. Forty to forty minutes to an hour wait. Yeah, so we're gonna end up going to uh, maybe even Thirty Burger again. We went there last night, but we're gonna go. We're either gonna go there. We're gonna go to. Um, we're talking about IHOP, but something mm. somewhere like nice that's not IHOP because IHOP is not that great quality of food at all, unless you get like pancakes. But. This is like a really weirdly off-topic podcast already. A little bit. This is a little. This this topics. <laughs> this this podcast. There's not a lot in the news this week, so pretty much just kind of an odd odd podcast to begin with. But yeah, you know, I'm gonna go and play some Red Dead tonight. That's probably gonna be what I do around. I don't know, 9:30 whenever I get home for okay. a little bit. No Destiny tonight. Probably not. I mean, it depends on who I was playing. Uh, but the thing about Destiny and playing, like, <clears throat> I have to wake up at six tomorrow. Mm, yeah. So you don't want to get sucked in. It's not even sucked in. I can quit playing at like 11.30 or midnight and go to bed, but I'm too... Nine times out of ten, the amount of like stuff that we, we say in party chats and stuff, we're always laughing, and like I'm too hyped. I'm to too to hyper bed. to go to bed. Yeah, so it, it really kind of sucks in that regards. But um, I, I stand by, dude. Destiny party chats are probably the most fun I've had on PSN since I've had a PlayStation outside of that little big planet time where we were just crying laughing over the basketball game being so ridiculous. Uh, it's but, a good time. Like that's that's what I always say back to Destiny is the experiences help make the game like that that molds that into like a memory. Yeah, you consider it part of the game, even though inherently we could talk about the same crap over any game, any game, any party chat. But we're playing Destiny, mm. we're having fun while playing Destiny, and it's that kind of talking stuff. I think I have I know of conversations that I uh, that I can look back on in Destiny One and, and remember them perfectly because we were playing Destiny One and yeah, we were having a dumb lot of conversations. I still think that we should do that, uh, uh, to keep that idea in the back of our heads to eventually one day just record everybody in the party chat and just have that be like a twice a week or maybe once a month podcast where we just get everybody together once every and talk two weeks, about you mean? The, something like that, a bi-weekly or, or you said once twice a, month. a week. Oh God. Yeah. Not very, very rated R. <laughs> just, yeah. just, there are yeah. people that know us that have played yeah, with the us. destiny debauchery show. 
that or something like that. You know, I, I like the name. Uh, Destiny, Destiny, De- debauchery tales, <laughs> something crazy like that. Anyway. Yeah, that that's what makes Destiny fun. We were doing that last night and having a blast. And it's funny, Richard uh, was, you know, he only listens to podcasts and talks to us in Discord, where you don't get to hear voice and tone and stuff are all conveyed very differently. He was like, you, you are a completely different person uh, in party chat than you are in the podcast. I was like, no, when I'm on the podcast, I'm being me. This is what right. I do typically whenever we're talking about stuff that's more opinionated. And that you're being serious on, because of course there's dumb opinions like in what fact, we were talking about last night, but they're goofy. In fact, Toral stuff too in the podcast, as opposed yes. to just hanging out and relaxing. You know, we typically can hang out, and relax on the podcast, but we're talking about such things as game releases, news, the main topic of the show. That's why we like yeah. reader mail so much, and why, like <clears throat> this episode in particular, we picked a personal question on reader mail just because it's more personal and it, it's it's a nice change of pace when it comes to that kind of thing. And it, it lets you guys learn more about us and who we are as a person. And uh, it's kind of different as a host. Yeah, and that's why we're so loose with the reader mails. And like, we haven't gotten crazy in any of them yet, but we get more and more crazy as time goes on. Because, well, you and- know, it's nice to have something where you're a little more unhinged just because the decision to be more calm and, and steady on this is to the benefit of the show, in my opinion, uh, because of the state of what we're doing. But if we were doing something far more loosely oriented and we weren't trying to be so, like you said, factual, uh, as much as we can, we get stuff wrong. It just happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, you know, uh, one fix was that the, it's not tombstone. It is young guns that Emilio. I was was thinking tombstones really old. Corey, thankfully fixed me up on that. I think tombstone came out like the sixties. No, no, it's still late. It, it was uh, Val Kilmer and Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds, God, not Kurt Russell. <laughs> my, my my name went to Burt Reynolds is beyond me or brain, whatever. I'm sick. I'm just gonna chalk everything up to that. So no, anyway, okay, well the original came out in 1942. Well, maybe, but I mean that's not the one that we're talking about. I know, but that's that's I don't know if that's the same thing, but that's the one I remember seeing. Like my dad would watch because he loved western movies. Yeah. Anyway. Let's uh, move off of all this. So I think that we've covered what we've been playing pretty well. And I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to play tonight. I'm going to go eat two after this, not because of anything special, anniversary stuff, but congratulations. So, well, thank you. you know, seven years is a long time to be with somebody. It sure. I mean, is. I know that, but Get a lot of people are March. still like, <sighs> yeah. So, like, what yeah. is that? Four months to marriage? Yeah, something so, like that. I guess four and a half. On when in March? Yeah. Uh, but I guess <clears throat> you want to hop over into that drop? I sure will. For those that don't know, the drop is this week's PlayStation releases across all of its platforms. The first on the list, we have Chimparty for PS4, Emerald Shores for PS4, Fallout 76 for PS4, Gnome's Garden New Home for PS4, Hitman 2 for PS4, Just Deal With It for PS4, Knowledge Is Power Decades for PS4. Yeah, like the first one did so well. Yeah, them games are kind of hit or miss, more so miss. Let's scroll up real quick. Does it still consider itself to be... <clears throat> Sorry, does it still consider itself to be a um, play, link? play Link game? No, I don't think so. It doesn't say it anywhere in the description. So. Yeah, that's what I was curious about. Roll yeah. on, roll on through. The uh, The Long Journey Home for PS4. Mars Chaos Menace for PS4. That actually looks pretty dope, but the, the font takes it away. I love that it's like Chaos Menace is like Norwegian death, death metal. Death metal, yeah. That, that's to font. <laughs> we have Monkey King Masters of the Clouds for PS4. My Writing Stables for PS4. Does that not just look like a DS shovelware game if I ever saw one? It does. Project High Rise for PS4. This one, too. The Quiet Man for PS4. Getting a lot of negativity Hold online. On. Didn't that release? 
Maybe physical. Okay, the drop, I swear that was on the drop The drop sometimes seems... It might have been, but the drop seems iffy. Like, I don't know. This is all on the official PlayStation blog, uh, so don't kill us if it's wrong. Runner 3 for PS4. Slayaway Camp Butcher's Cut for PS Vita. Spyro Reignited Trilogy for PS4. Boy. Swords and Soldiers 2. Schwarmageddon. It's weird that that is Schwar... It is Schwarma. Schwarmageddon? Schwarmageddon. Makes me think of Swarly, the way you were saying it. Well, it makes me think of Schwarma from Avengers. Tickets arrived for PS4. For Ward Hunters. I can't even speak. Word Hunters for PS4. I was over here making fun of the PS4. And now I can't speak, but uh, I'll tell you, this is a this is I can tell this is going to be like an off the rail podcast. It probably today, is. So I, like I I got off a ten hour shift, I got off at five, and I rolled on through. But yeah, Word Hunters is the last one on the list. So Brett, why don't you take us into news? Well, you know, I, I'm really excited that that we finally even why does it do this? despite all the mess going on, I'm decide, I'm excited that we're finally getting to do Spyro. Uh, a little less excited than I was for Crash, but that's cool. Uh, one more thing that I just found interesting. I don't think we covered it because I've been slipping up on news a little bit. So sorry for you guys that listen all the time and miss a little bit of stuff if you rely solely on us for news. But October was rough for me. Um, but Hitman 2 doesn't have a platinum. Yeah, that's kind of BS. Despite not being episodic. Right. Despite the first game being complained about constantly about that it didn't have a platinum even though other episodic Which games do have platinum. hitman go did didn't it yes that's ridiculous yeah i don't trophy hunt anymore and that's that that kind of pees me i know but that's just an interesting way to go about things it, it's a what it goes to show is that either it is still just really weirdly really weirdly decided upon who can and can't get a platinum but basically for me it just kind of reaffirms that i don't think that they're pushing or fighting for it they may have said hey can we get a platinum sony said no and they never pushed back again but I feel like that's an odd misstep, definitely because of the state in which they're they're launching this one. But who knows? <clears throat> what are you trying to do? Sam? I was just making sure you uh, were on news. You had reader mail for the month pulled up so far. I'm like, what is he doing? He's over here about to dive into I some reader mail for November. One. <laughs> three weeks early. We might as well because we were late. late. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's that. I, I just think that's so crazy. Why not have it after so many people wanted it in the first one? It is. And it's been proven that games can make it on the marketplace with easy platinums, such as that, um, My Name is Mayo. And what was that other one? That, that puzzle got taken one off? that got pulled yeah. down. The thousand, Super Plus 1000 or something. Some ridiculous stuff. The names are always awful, too. <sighs> anyway, moving on into news. <clears throat> First thing up is that Activision's recent earning call uh, has provided some information. It's pretty interesting about the company and how they'll likely change moving forward. Uh, We learned that, first of all, they plan to bring new games based on existing IP to mobile, totally in line with the Diablo Immortal announcement, and I expect to see more. What? I'm curious, because how do you move a game like Call of Duty to phones without really... Now, of course, I'm I'm saying that Fortnite is on phones, PUBG is on phones. It'll be like that, I'm sure. It'll be a watered-down version of Call of Duty on phones. But are they wanting it to be cross-play with other ones so that they can try and expand their monetary branch or just do a specific game? It'll be specific because it'll be... It'll be 100% based on microtransactions, probably. Not a PvP standpoint, but more so of a cosmetic thing or even gear unlock. So it'll be be singular so they can funnel that money straight into that game instead of all of them. Well, now, to be fair, Call of Duty uh, Black Ops 4, one of its biggest complaints is that (coughs) progression is very slow. 
unless you spend money to get double XP and stuff like that. I've never um, seen somebody complain about that, so that's interesting. I've seen I didn't very, even know that was a thing. Yeah, I've seen it recently. And uh, now this, they, the developers are trying to like inject free double XP weekends occasionally to help uh, ease that stress off a little bit. Uh, but it's funny that you brought up microtransactions because the next thing is, is that the company brought in over $4 billion in net bookings from microtransactions, which apparently represents the growing majority of their net bookings. So that's eh. Uh, and that they are trying to advance and expand the Overwatch League model into Call of Duty and other franchises, which I guess just means taking the tournament model and trying to monetize the tournament itself so that it acts as another form of income. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a big Overwatch fan, so I've not watched the Overwatch League, but I know it was very high profile for a little while. So I assume they're making money off of that, not only from partnerships. You probably have to pay to be a team coming into it. There's a lot of ways to monetize something like that, and so they're probably doing well with that. Right. Interesting idea uh, to do... <clears throat> Anyway, next up to uh, I am or yeah. Anyway, with all of this, they're going to be microtransaction more heavily implemented. This sounds like what they're kind of doing. Uh, makes sense with the fact that they're bringing in more from microtransactions than anything else, which is pretty much in line with other areas as well. Activision did very well last year. Uh, Ubisoft, I think, as well mentioned very high earnings from that. So despite the fact that EA got a lot of backlash about them and are kind of constantly trying to act like the microtransactions are either not going to be in-game or that they're going to be very minimal, instead you have Activision, on the other hand, saying, oh, well, let's do more microtransactions. And that's interesting because it's also in line with the fact that despite Destiny 2 outgrossing every other game that was brand new and launched in September, and September wasn't a slouch of a month. I mean, of course you had Spider-Man, which wasn't exclusive, but still sold very well. Um and didn't quite do as you know what you see with something like um it beat out God of War obviously in terms of its sales but it didn't do like Call of Duty Black Ops numbers where you're talking you know 500 to 700 million in its first weekend stuff like that but you know Destiny 2 still outsold everything despite being a year old at the time that Forsaken launched uh it outsold Spider-Man all the competition outgrossed him by a large margin but they're saying that the game did not meet sales expectations now have you seen the interview with Activision CEO about that in particular? And how they're talking about moving forward with uh, increasing the rate of how launch, how content's going to be launched? Nope. That's actually... Uh, I'll notice you have so a note. They did talk about that. I, well, I know you have a note in here about microtransaction opportunities. That was nowhere in the Destiny one. Well, no, this wasn't a completely separate interview. Right, this right. Wasn't, and now this wasn't I'm just something I saw sure. a video of. Yeah. But so which one are you talking about? So which I'm talking about see? the one that the Activision CEO basically said that he is uh, he understands that the reason the sales were not set to their standards is because the barrier, barrier of entry to Destiny was too high costly. And, that, and the direct result of that is why Destiny 2 is currently free. Um, and also why Forsaken decided to loop in the DLCs all together for 40. To be and, dead honest, well, I really hope that's what they do moving forward. Well, they said that that's that, a more traditional MMO. And I know we've argued over whether Destiny is an MMO. Right. But that's a more traditional MMO model. And when you're doing something like that and other games are doing it to where they constantly absorb the original, the other ones in. Now, here's the thing. With them doing it, wanting to do more, and like, okay, the new annual pass includes what uh, the Black Armory and then two other ones that are coming before spring. So when you're doing those, now I could see the argument that those individual expansions continue to come out at a price, but at least on the yearly, the new yearly one should always include the previous year's stuff automatically pulled in. That way, if people want to jump into Destiny... I could see that. Yeah, it'll it'll all be in the price. The uh, price of entry. Destiny. Yeah. 
Because they've already done that to an extent with Destiny 1 when like you got the uh, Rise of Iron bundle and it included everything plus Destiny for $60. Well, and technically they did the same thing with uh, with Forsaken. Destiny was on sale for 20 and then Forsaken that came with everything was 40 So for 60 bucks you got everything. But now Destiny 2 is free, at least on PC. I don't think it is on consoles. I might be wrong there. No, it, but, it's no longer free on, P- on consoles, but it yeah. had a short run on PlayStation. And I'm sure it'll do that again here soon because they said that, that, they said that is the only direct result of the uh, negative, the, the negativity towards the sales. So it sold tr- very well. I mean, even then, no, it did. But that- out- outgrossing Spider-Man from just a DLC uh, or an expansion, it, right. that's really more than a DLC. Uh, but yeah, outgrossing Spider-Man and everything else in the month quite heartily by something that's just an expansion. It goes to show you that a Destiny fans were hungry for that. It's funny to me that they're talking about microtransactions, which I'm hoping, and they really did say that, that they were, they're looking for new opportunities for microtransactions in the game. And, to, and, and that's why you already know. Last year, in the year, and then in Destiny as well, you typically got either one expansion a year or two smaller expansions and, 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 you know, and then a big one, kind of like what, what you saw with Taken King. Yeah. So you see this time around, now they're doing three small expansions in between the yearlies, and that goes to show that they're wanting more ways to get, okay, uh, every, I, you know, every quarter we want to have something new. So you have Forsaken, that's the beginning of the year, right? Well, now it's, uh, quarter one, by the time quarter one laps, you have Black Army. By Black the Armory comes out in two weeks. Exactly. Okay, I so, thought you meant by the time Black... Well, not necessarily, but I mean just as a general, once every quarter, you should have some kind of a release. Three weeks. Yeah, so. it's early December. Yeah. So, yeah. I keep thinking so, today's like the second week of November for that. some reason. I think it's funny to do that, though, when literally the first time in, in since the game is launched have I heard all Destiny fans more or less happy with the game finally. Oh, and yeah. I mean, like, I don't think I've heard... Ecstatic uh, with other the game. Than, other than technicalities in the game, such as exotic drop rates and stuff... I haven't really heard a lot of complaints. I've heard a lot of suggestions to quality of life, but like I browse the Destiny subreddit a lot, and there's always going to be people complaining about things that are unrealistic to complain about, things that will not be fixed. But I am kind of happy, though, that with what the Activision CEO said was that that was the direct result of Destiny 2 being free. So it like, means that they're listening. People, yeah, well, no, people thought that, like, oh, this is going to be more microtransactions. This means it's going to have more uh, DLCs that are pushed into the game that aren't up to par. And then he was like, no, we've already seen what's going to happen. Destiny 2 became free because of that lacking in sales. Because it's the cost of the barrier. It's the barrier of entry cost. It's the getting into Destiny 2 for Sagan cost too much. So now it costs 40 bucks on PC. I'm sure that'll come to um, my only argument, consoles again soon. Now, my only argument flipped to that would be that essentially, if they're giving the way the giving away the game for free, I wouldn't be surprised if Destiny 2's base console thing, a base disc or whatever. Now, this is depending on whether you want to stay digital or not. But I mean, you could essentially go and buy the, the Destiny 2 disc, granting you that part of the access, and then them hoping that you would buy Forsaken for you have five to, bucks. You have to buy Forsaken though. Because oh, the game, the base game locks you at level twenty now. I know. You can't progress. Um, yeah, because so, Seth's playing through it right now. Yeah. So uh, one other cool thing they're doing, just while it's on my mind, is uh, Gambit is free this weekend. So they're definitely trying to get people who have bought, a base game, who either got the base game for free or bought it very cheap or have had it and didn't want to update. Now they get to try Gambit, and I do say that. If anything, I am surprised at how much Gambit is a boon to Destiny. It's, it's, it is one of the biggest parts of the Forsaken De- expansion. So I told Seth, like he, he's running through, I was like, you need to play Gambit with us this weekend because it's free. And it's fun. For everyone this weekend. And it's also double uh, uh, infamy, which is cool. 
Yeah, there's actually a weird glitch. I know we need to get off Destiny because we're becoming a Destiny car podcast. We but, lately have been. I apologize for that. But uh, there's an interesting glitch where the Malfeasance quest disappeared from people's inventories Ooh. and erased all their inventory or, uh, progress, but it turns out it didn't really. Like People were uh, rightfully jumping to a conclusion that they had to do it all over again. Yeah. It was either popping back up at Drifter or it was popping back up in the uh, in the app somewhere. I can't remember where that was. So if that happened to you, go That's check strange. those two places. Hadn't they, happened to me yet. It's because of the infamy reset, they said. They said that there was some kind of weird glitch with the, or is what's mainly speculated. Okay. Reasonable enough. Anyway, we'll move off of that. Next thing up on the list, and this is sad, but it also makes me glad that I went ahead and bought the digital version. The physical version of Hollow Knight that was originally set to come in partnership with Skybound Games has been canceled. That's unfortunate. Uh, they didn't really state a reason. The game's obviously been doing pretty well, so I, I'm confused. I wonder if there was like, you know, the partnership just was falling through due to demands between the two companies not being able to reach a mutual which, agreement. Which is crazy but, because this is your monthly reminder to play Hollow Knight if you haven't already. And I need to, but... Yeah, you do. I'm inundated, and I'm also kind of addicted to Destiny too. Um, next up, speaking of games like Destiny, Anthem, and I think you'll like this song, uh, have, has been revealed to have a Mass Effect crossover in way of an N7-based armor for the Javelins. I included this nice screenshot just for your eyes. Yeah, it looks it looks um, sweet. It does look sweet. And I'm curious if this is going to be... They didn't go super into detail. This is just a tweet from one of the uh, designers or somebody who's a developer for the game where they talked about it <coughs> very loosely, just saying that they celebrate it there too. Uh, and that it is going to be in the game. We don't know how yet, but it's just going to be a cosmetic thing, if it's going to be like a paint that you can just get, or what, or if it's going to be specifically to one set, I would imagine not. Uh, next up, if you enjoyed the Heist DLC for Spider-Man PS4, the next chapter in the City That Never Sleeps DLC set called Turf Wars has been announced to be launching on November 20th. So, again, $10 like it's been, or you can get all three of them for $25. At least I'm still pretty sure that the... Uh, combination one exists uh either way good pricing for dlc and then of course they are still planning to release the last dlc uh in december so they were wanting to launch the game and wrap up all dlc plans for at least this first set before the end of the year which is quite an order and they're doing pretty well with it now the interesting tidbit and this not even a tidbit speaking this is of wrapping up dlcs wrapping up dlcs yeah uh, it looks like the never-ending slew of dlcs for final fantasy 15 is set to end as director hajim tabata or Hajime, i can't remember how to say his name has left square enix uh with square enix announcing that three of the four four planned dlcs left have been canceled uh so of those episode arden is the one that remains in development and is set to launch in march 2019 but the Aranea, Lunafreya, and Noctis episodes have been canceled, which is a shame because out of all of those, the one Noctis. Well, I mean, and Lunafreya. Those Lunafreya is pretty important because she didn't get enough time in the game. But more importantly, Aranea is one of the coolest character designs in the whole game, and she's really kind of cool. The little bit you get to talk to her, but that game does such a poor job of making her an important character. She's literally just there as fan service. This she's is a, you know she's attractive. Right. She follows. She she lands in that general Japanese fan service thing, just kind of like Cindy the mechanic, where it's like yeah. Okay, that's what you're there. But they at least gave Cindy more character development than they did Aranea. Well, what's crazy about her, she's supposed to be Sid somehow. She's female Sid. Right. Just weird to me for some reason. I'm surprised they didn't call her Sid. Talking about her attire, not her person. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The, The clothes that she wore. I mean, I don't know. Has there been a throughput in Final Fantasy with the way Sids have been dressed? Because I don't think so. They've always been the same looking person. They've always worn the white shirt, the blue jeans, the toothpick in the mouth, the headband. No. Yes. 
We'll talk about this later. But no, because first of all, go get you a there's a Sid in Final Fantasy twelve that has nothing to do with that. Show me well, okay, I'm talking about I'm talking specifically about pilot and uh, uh, mechanic Sid. That's not the same well, person in twelve. But no, even then, there's the thing with Final Fantasies. There's always been a character called Sid. That's all it really comes. Well, I'm down talking to. about the normal Sid trope, like right here in Final Fantasy ten. Looks pretty much on par for what he does in seven, uh, except the outfit in that one is different. Right here. Well, that's, that's the Sid that everybody knows and then traditionally, definitely because of, uh, see? Okay, it looks different in Final Fantasy VIII. Yep. I, I was thinking you. for some reason this, because tell me right here, these two faces don't look the exact same one with blonde spiky hair. Take eh. that blonde spiky hair off. They look exactly I don't know. The same. Hard to say, because that's also Advent Children. Right. And Tetsuya Nomura is the character designer for pretty much everybody in Final Fantasy. So <laughs> the chances of people looking at uh, similar eventually start to come pretty close. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's, that's a shame because I think Aranea could have been a really cool character way more than just a fan service she ended up being. And now that's not going to happen. Uh, Luna Freya needed more because while she wasn't fan service, her, she was hinted at being far more predominant in the game than she ever was. And that well, that's was this shame. whole game's problem is that it started to relaunch DLCs to expand the characters that they didn't do a good enough job expanding yes. in the story. Now half of them are canceled, two yeah. of which the main character and its love interest who are very important to the story. That's why I, which, this why, goes down to the worst Final Fantasy in history, period. I, I Especially well, after this. Do we include side games or just main entries? I'm talking about main entries. I, and I, don't, I do not include... Um, uh, games like Crisis Core, like and uh, Dirge of Cerebrus, I don't include those or Cerebus, whatever. It's Cerberus, called. Cerberus. Everybody says Cerberus differently. No, Cere- <laughs> I've, I've heard too many people say Cerebrus. This is back to the ye- easy thing. Yay! But go on, go on oh, with the rest of this. This is because yeah, it's by far the worst, and I, I stand that it's worse than Fall Fantasy Thirteen. Uh. My Very interest, my, my interest in it, and it more comes from the gameplay than anything. The gameplay was so just grinding on you, like grading. It was in, too in repetitive. 13. That's what I mean. No, I'm talking about four, fifteen. Well, the gameplay in fifteen. Yeah, it was too repetitive. It was a it was a combination of attacking, um, hit triangle to go across the map or whatever, or the arena, and then felt, doing it again. But it felt more open. And like my thing is that initially, with the way they decided to do thirteen, the moment to moment gameplay, moving between areas, was way too corridorish. That was corridorish. I know that it opens up even eventually, though, but that's not right. a good argument when it happens. No, 30 no, hours I was gonna say that's way too corridorish. But the standard, I know you don't like uh, the combat turn itself. based as well. well. I just I have less of a reverence than you. But even then, what I mean is like the moment to moment instantly loading you into combat without having to go into a load screen that moves you into the turn base which is another thing I don't love about turn base is that very few games have gotten it to where the newer games are finally hitting it like I think Dragon Quest 11 even though it's turn based when you run into a monster the UI does it have a load screen or does the UI just pop up and kind of close the area around you it's been so long since I have played I'm pretty sure it just pops up I don't know on Dragon Quest 11 because I didn't oh I thought you were talking about 13 Oh no, I'm talking about uh, no. Thirteen for sure has an animation. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. It, I haven't played Dragon Quest Eleven, but I'm pretty sure Sean told me it's random too. But I'm I might be completely mistaken there. I don't know. But my point being is like, okay, um, there's a flow breaking that happens there, and it happened in all the games, even Lightning Returns, which the combat was probably the best to me between all of them because it was more it was something freeform. I enjoy. Uh, but it was still loading in gets annoying and tiring and it's, I like it better whenever you feel like moment to moment it's happening at a different rate. Now I know that some people prefer the turn-based style because of the 
tactical parts that it gives, even though I still think that existed in 15, but I also played 15 differently than most people. So instead of being super apologetic about what 15 did, it needed to be better across the board. It needed a better world, but the combat when you played it the way I did, I essentially played it like Kingdom Hearts, which is what it was supposed to originally be before they made it to where you just hold down a button and it does everything for you. I dodged by hitting the dodge button. I didn't just hold the dodge button and let it do the dodging for me. I would try and time it to where it was like I was doing a perfect dodge, kind of like an automata. That's how I played it. Now, that's not what the game was, and that is the game's fault. That shouldn't be that way. Uh, but also, the attacking... You could play the game by literally just holding, I think it was square being the combat button or whatever, and you just hold it down and it'll just continuously attack for you. That's not how I did it. I hit square every individual time I wanted to attack so that it felt like I was playing Kingdom Hearts, but in Final Fantasy XV's world. Now, when I played it that way, it essentially made it feel like I was playing an action RPG that had normal action RPG combat. Excuse me. But I could see the problems that people had with it. So I, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't argue that it is the worst. And it's worse because, like you're saying, for why in the first place, yeah, of course the two important ones are getting canceled, but why in the first place did you feel the need to have to do DLC for your two main characters? Because it's, it's a very bad Because the game story. launched the without enough. Very badly. Yeah, the game launched without enough context around why you're supposed to care about them. Not enough character development between the two of them. So, and if anything, the character development that does happen between them mostly happens in the anime before it. There is a load screen. Well, I was going to say there is, uh, the enemies are on screen though. Yeah. It doesn't randomly pop up like Pokemon and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's like Tales yeah, Final or Fantasy whatever. Seven. Yeah. Um, but so that's where I'll stand on that. But let me get through this. Uh, the, this all comes off of, oh, okay. I know where I was. Uh, the studio will now be moving on to focus developing on a new AAA game. Not surprising. This comes on the heels of a $33 million loss brought on by Change the Luminous. That was the original reason we were giving, given, but it sounds like it now comes down to uh, being a $33 million loss because of these DLCs being canceled partially through development. Um, maybe that's not, but it looks like it. Uh, Another interesting thing, the Final Fantasy XV Comrades expansion that originally came out that was kind of aiming to be Monster uh, Hunter-like is being set to release as a standalone game, no longer requiring the base game to play. Uh, It will include 10 new bosses, new weapons, and outfits, and existing owners of the DLC will get the standalone version for free. That's actually great uh, if they work on the load times and stuff like that. People have had fun with it, depending on the pricing, and if it stays the same price as the DLC did by itself, it's not a bad buy. I don't know that I would get it, but in general, it's not a bad buy. Um, Let's see. A couple more things. Two more announcements that involved Final Fantasy. Uh were Final Fantasy XIV Online crossover happening in fifteen for a short time, and a short-form anime, which is also weird because they've already done one with Final Fantasy XV Brotherhood. And this movie. one is Final Fantasy XV Episode Prologue, and there's going to be a... T- I know. Isn't that what the movie is? I thought that that's what also Brotherhood was. It all happens beforehand, and then the movie is an exact prologue before what leads up into the... Well, actually, the movie is what's taking place while Noctis leaves, if I'm not mistaken. Right, the anime took place beforehand. beforehand. They both took place. But it took a long time beforehand. You know, like 15 years, maybe. Ridiculous. If, maybe movie, not even that long. This maybe game, five years. But game probably one of the worst directed games ever. And there's teasers coming for those in December and January. So if you still are interested in Final Fantasy 15, there you go. But this definitely, I think, should be a lesson to Square. 
Uh, even though I think this was them trying to make the best out of an already bad decision. Yeah, just don't. But I think that they probably would have been better. I mean, here's what's worse. The game sold like 8.1 million, which exactly, is not bad. Exactly, which is, what, st- isn't that still, how much did New Year's sell? 3 million at this point? Yeah. And Roughly. then um, there's news in here, which I'll go ahead and get out of the way, actually. Um, Dragon Quest uh, 11 has sold 4 million copies across good digital deal. and stuff. So that's good. Uh, but no, I 8 still million need to copies buy that. is not crazy. And, it's not. And this was, comes back to a conversation we were having in Discord with Corey. Um, but Final Fantasy 7 is the best-selling game that Square's ever done. And it's like 13.9 million copies. Yeah, they, they're not known to sell tens of millions. Even though it's their biggest franchise. Right. So, so 8 million is up there. I just wish it wasn't. I hope that, that Square takes the lesson from the studio going in this direction that they're currently going in and, and reverse this or change this formula, something for the next game. I still think that this formula ended up happening as a bad answer that they decided to keep rolling think, on through as to the development being the way it was. They needed to get a commercially viable product out. They did. It wasn't great, but I it was still commercially, commercially viable. They got it out. People bought it, and it did okay at first, and then the DLC was a way to continue getting people's interest in the game and updating it to where it eventually wasn't as disappointing of a game. So, so how many... Because if you look back on Final Fantasy right now, it's like, oh, well, it's not terrible, but why didn't the game launch in this state? There's been three character DLCs, right? Uh, I think there's been four. more than that, but I think that you're probably right, because there was episode Ignis. There was basically an episode for each of the party members. So there was Ignis, so, Gladios, and... Um, oh, Lord, what's the P-dude's name? Hey, dude. Yeah, I can't think of his name right now. Um, the the blonde haired one who's ri- ridiculous. I don't know why I can't. Think I don't of think his anybody name. in there is party. Party party starts with P, does it? <coughs> Ignis yeah. Noctis Prompto Prompto. I yeah, you're right. Dang, but Prompto. But uh, so let, let, let's just say that you bought all three of those plus the base game. That's seventy five dollars, and you're not getting the full story at this point. Still. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's that should never happen in a video game. I am ever. glad I'm not going to play it most likely, but I'm glad that Arden's getting one because Arden did not get Arden enough time. Is Arden re- was cool. Arden is a really cool character. I would say honestly, all of them are somewhat cool characters. There's not. just there's elements in the game that take away from it being as good as it could have been. Yeah. And I'll just leave it at that. I agree. All right, moving on to the next thing. Fallout 76's install size has been announced to be 45.04 gigabytes with, guess what, a 55 gigabyte day one patch being required as well, which is essentially sounds to me like... 100 gig total download for day one. You're buying the game, right? And I, I, the day one patch will just be included in the digital version, I would imagine. The, what's going to matter is disk I'm, space I'm people. I'm thinking digitally, yeah. Uh, but physically, it's going to be bad because you're essentially... Putting the disc in, installing the game just to have the day one patch completely override the game you just installed. Yeah. So the only thing that getting the disc is going to grant you is the ability to resell it to someone else. Right. And by then it's going to be like Elder Which Scrolls. Which is still fine. But well, it's, not, not really because Elder Scrolls, is, you could probably sell a GameStop for like $4 right now. Yeah, it's cheap. It is Elder cheap. Scrolls Online, I should, I should specify. Which that is a traditional a MMO and Fallout is still in this weird area that we don't quite know what to call it. But it, it sounds like it's aiming to be more of an MMO. But even MMOs have NPCs and Fallout decides that they too cool for that at lunch. I won't be getting it, so. Me either. Uh, you know, sucks, but it is what it is. Uh, next up, we talked about The Quiet Man, but Square Enix's The Quiet Man has been updated to implement audio into subsequent playthroughs that offers narrative context, which is really good because, sadly, this is a, the dumb side of it, uh, they continue to leave the initial playthrough completely soundless. What? Yeah, there's no sound because you're deaf in the game. I understand so in their that. mind, they needed to make it to where the whole game, you don't hear a thing. Which is interesting. Really interesting to me. Too bad that game looks like garbage. 
Oh, well, yeah, people have problems with the combat and Dude, all sorts of the character of stuff. models in that game look like PS3 character models. And then you have the contrast of the live-action cutscenes that appear next to it. It just looks bad. It's a very odd decision to do this. It's, it's a very, yeah, I'll say very uh, uh, odd conception of a game to make. It's, it essentially is like they were trying to do an FMV game, but they were decided that FMV games' normal limitation is that there's not gameplay. And they're not normally successful <laughs> by any means. They're okay these days. They, they've made a comeback because they're, so, they're cheaper to make these days. What's the studio? that keeps making them i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head but they made like late shift that new one that uh josh reviewed um and i can't uh, the the shape-shifting detective or something i don't like think that, that's which it. is cool ideas i'm thinking about i'm thinking of the developers of quantum break because they're making another one that's live action or fmv technically oh no the new one uh you're talking about the one that they most recently control that one's not going to be fmv at all it's there's, not? No, there's going to be no live action stuff. And even Are that, you, that live action wasn't FMV because there was a full game. Then there was just the episodes. Uh, yeah, I thought to, it was the same thing. I thought you could I remember, skip the episodes. It wouldn't make sense to you. because Yeah, how, how good was the episodes? They were okay. They weren't great. They For the first time that somebody's really done this in a way that like this, because one other game that attempted it was Sci-Fi's... Uh, Oh, Lord, what was that game called? It just recently relaunched. Um, was it the MMO one they made on? Yeah, Defiance. Yeah, de- yeah. Okay, so Defiance had a sci-fi TV series that happened, and it gave you world information and lore, and then you went and played the game. Um, Wouldn't it be cool to have a Firefly MMO? Oh, man, Firefly. It never would happen. It never happened. It'd be really cool, though. You should just all to watch be back Firefly. in the world. Actually, you know what? Firefly... But essentially, in the style of like Red Dead meets No Man's Sky. That way, you have detailed worlds, but then you have a ship where you can fly between them and, and actually do the stuff that Firefly did with the like bounty hunters and the transporting crap. That would be awesome. It's been too long. I gotta, I gotta watch Firefly again. I may actually start that tonight if I don't play Red Dead. There you go. Let me get through the rest of this. We already talked about Dragon Quest. So, next up, Kingdom Hearts 3's English voice cast has received updates showing that many of the new worlds will feature the original film's voice acting cast reprising their roles, which is a really welcome change considering that the previous games would often use fill-ins. There's a couple of examples of them getting people back. What what was it? There was one game with Riku, right? That it wasn't uh, David Gallagher? No. Riku's always been the same person, thankfully. Are you sure? Kyrie has changed the number. I know of Kyrie's times. changed. Now that's those are original characters, but I'm talking about like uh, the Tangled cast is coming back for there. The, the two main characters from Tangled, uh, all of the main characters from Frozen are reprising their roles. Uh, the Big Hero Six cast is reprising their roles. Th- there was somebody different in Dream Drop Distance that was a main character. I thought. I know Master Xehanort was the same. I knew oh, to be f- one thing that we need to talk about is that uh, t- so today we're doing this on Saturday. Today was the XO18 conference, and they showed a new Kingdom Hearts trailer, oh, which Zaynor- is great. Xehanort's voice. Xehanort's voice. Leonard Nimoy died. Rest Nothing we can peace. do about it. I've yes. been waiting to see who and ha- who they were going to get to replace him and how it was going to sound. It's not bad. It's just different. That's all it is. That's literally all it is. It's not the same. It's just. It's I know. Just, it's, that's all it is. It's different. I knew it was going to be a it's rough... It's not a bad voice, though. I knew it was going to be a rough period, though. It's not a bad voice. It's just not gravelly you know what's, you know what's worse, as much as I wish. You know what's worse than this? Going into the stupid data stuff that we're going towards in Kim Arts 3? You don't know that. It may not be it's stupid. Been, it's, it already is stupid. Recoded was a dumb game. That's why it's only a video in every format it's come out in since then and not a, the game itself. Shunned. No, it's not... Kiki will probably co-sign on me. Probably not. No, dude. It's, it, don't be wrong. It's a, it's a it's a throwaway story that somehow is coming back in as as a big part of the canon. I don't. But that's okay. Anyway, it's cool to see, and that goes. To, it makes me wonder how how 
if it's a, if it was a budget problem before, or just people not, or if the voice actors weren't taking games seriously enough to want to participate, are you talking about recoded, or are you talking about just in no, general, about the, like the voice cast stuff. coming, the the or actual, movie. yeah, the actual movie voice cast coming into the game? I would once. I would bet you it's budget, maybe, but. You gotta think, Kingdom Hearts two had a, a big budget, and they still couldn't get a lot of people in. But they gaming, couldn't even they couldn't get. Um, they had Lance Bass as uh, Sephiroth, and and no, that was one in one. Yeah, that was one. Uh, Clive, something I don't know the name, as, but it was the same guy who did Sephiroth in Advent Children. Yes, it, it was, was more for consistency's sake at that point. Which, but what is I mean a very is that good, uh, voice actor Kingdom Hearts one is the best selling game in the series. Surprisingly, most people don't think about that which but, is crazy uh, kingdom hearts 2 didn't do Kingdom's as well is better. um but what, what i mean by that is that regardless kingdom hearts 2 had a big budget and they still couldn't get these people so it seems like it's more that gaming is a little more respected by voice actors and you saw that even whenever they were talking to some of these actors that uh hideo kojima has been managing to get uh for death stranding where they're like i never worked on games before but i respected his vision and they're good actors for the most part like yeah. um oh man why did i forget his name all of a sudden um Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus. Yeah, he's a he's actually a fairly good actor. People are like, "Well, Walking Dead's not that good." We'll go watch Boondock Saint. He's not good in Walking Dead. Yeah, to be we'll fair. Go, he's he's but it's, he's it's terribly written. Yeah, he's it's, terribly written. Yeah, go watch Boondock Saints. That's a fantastic movie. Don't don't some some people say don't watch the second one. I'll uh, I'll let you watch it. And leave it up to yourself because a couple more things. Like and this is a very Square Enix heavy news week for some reason. But uh, at a recent event for the World Ends with You final remix, because you know every Tetsuya involved game since wants to do something with remix and its re-releases uh, was asked or slash told by a fan that he wanted to play before Crisis Final Fantasy 7 again to which Nomura responded by mentioning that quote us old timers are considering various developments in regards to what accompanies the remake like if we can manage to do something about the compilation titles too but for the time being please wait for 7's turn to come in quote this is interesting because it sounds like there's a chance that they will try and somehow restructure or re-release if nothing else even if it's just as uh, straight ports if potentially remasters uh, for some of these games so that would include Dirge of Cerberus that would in- that, now the, the cell phone game was uh, before Crisis Final Fantasy 7 yeah. Crisis Core was a PSP game wasn't that a side scroller on phone, I don't know. I never saw it, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if what they essentially do there is maybe do something similar to what we saw with Kingdom Hearts, where they make a video out of it instead. Yeah, I can see that, and, and then bundle it with Dirge and maybe uh, and, and, and make a Crisis uh, Core. What would you even call? It? I guess you could call it the um, the what Final Fantasy Compendium or something like that. Final Fantasy Seven Compendium or something like that, where it's essentially everything about Final Fantasy Seven except for Seven itself. So like the world building part of it. Essentially, what the Cimmerillion is? Would you? Uh, <laughs> would you? Oh, it's George Newborn for uh, or Newburn for Sephiroth. I'm thinking of somebody else. I don't know I why guess. you're so caught up on that. I am. Um, no, it's, it's really Bur- Steve Burton. I, I thought his name was Clive Barker, but that is not Clive Barker. Clive Bar- I know who <laughs> Clive Barker is. That now. I know who Clive Barker is. Okay. Um, I would buy it. I'd pay. I would say eighty dollars. And whoa. Okay, you get Crisis Core fully remastered, not, re- not remastered or remade. Remastered. Okay, well, uh, if you got it remade, I'd pay sixty dollars new for that. But I'm talking about remastered. Um, so full aspect ratio, cherry uh, sure. texture, sixty frames per second. Sure. Um, dirge, so I could actually enjoy that game since the the frame rate was so bad on PS2. I thought you that just was didn't the main, enjoy the game. 
That, no, that was the main concern I had with that stupid game was the frame rate, how choppy it was. Get you a backwards compatible PS3 and play it on there. I got it in there. It runs way better. I'm just going to steal that PS3 over there. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you get those two games. You get Advent Children just to make everybody who hates Advent Children mad <laughs> because there's so many people that hate Advent Children. I know. But the, you get all three of those, plus you get uh, Before Crisis movie, and then you get maybe a free theme for PS4. You wouldn't pay 80 bucks for this? I mean, the I general would, pop, public probably wouldn't. I, but, 60 still. I would and pay honestly, 60 for Crisis Core alone. Which honestly, sounds probably like 40 because here's the problem. The cost of these things has already been dictated by... Well, okay, I'd pay 60 because that's what the original Kingdom Hearts collections were. But the price has already been dictated by Kingdom Hearts there, Well, there's only two games in this one, though. Yeah, but that's the same for Maybe Kingdom I'm Hearts 1.5, t- right? Let me put my... Because you get Kingdom Hearts 1, Chain of Memories, those are both the games, and then you get a movie of 358 over 2. Well, yeah, let me get my hype in check, though, because I'm talking about spending $80 on a PSP game that I love so much. I would spend 40 on it realistically, but if it was 60 I wouldn't complain. Okay. I feel you. <clears throat> that's good information, though. I really hope we get to play Crisis Core and some... Dude, if they remade Crisis Core from the ground up... No, like, don't even do that, because we'll never get it. Probably. <laughs> yeah, just don't don't even do that. But, I will settle. Oh, and you know what's more interesting? We already know that, like we said, Sony's got the PSP emulator running where you can switch in better textures on the fly. So you could essentially just do that for Crisis Core. Run the emulator and then remaster it by having all the new textures that come in and go on the fly. Bam. Now you've got your game. They should re... They should... Okay, hear me out. They should do the PSP Go, but instead of it being just the PSP Go, it is the very first company handheld that comes out that is emulated has 20 games on it so think of it as the ps1 classic but it is a psp classic and okay. it comes with 20 psp games on it okay you, and it's and it, it, it's a hundred dollars you know what's funny I is that, buy if, that if nothing else what's what's really interesting about that and i mean a lot of people wouldn't because of how easy it is to get that stuff but what's interesting about that is that you know one of the things we talked about with the playstation classic and and discord and whatnot since we kind of missed discussing it on here as much uh was that it's essentially playstation copying nintendo and i'm not saying that in a in a, in a real bad way because that's just kind of how this market works uh but when you see that they didn't even try and do anything to change it up they're just like okay we're gonna make a console we're gonna put 20 games on it charge 20 dollars more than nintendo and there's nothing a, 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 there's nothing excessively special we didn't go in and add uh trophies or anything like that because one thing i thought would be really interesting to do uh, was and I think we kind of are getting to that. Did you choose that as a reader mail? No, I actually put okay. That in. Then Richard, here goes. You get your little bit of a thing. We're not going to argue, but we're going to kind of talk about that. Which is real quick. The PS One Classic and essentially what it's doing. I think it would have been a much better buy if they would have made essentially a PS One box and they <laughs> went through and it'd be really hard to do from a number of things. But um, what would end up happening? It'd be really cool if they could figure out a way for licenses to essentially recreate a PS1, the small ones, just as it was, but you have data on there and you can actually get onto an internet store where you can buy these PS1 classics and pay for them and download them, but it also comes with 20 pre-installed. I would pay $100 for that. You know what bummed me out? And then they'd make more money off of them, potentially. This is all potentially, but they'd make money off of that monetization. So I just read... um but I also the want to say, like, before you go into that, just that it's interesting that as a copycat thing, which is what they did, if they would have went this route that I just talked about, or if they would have instead been like, you know what, they're doing that, but instead, and it makes more sense for Nintendo, of all people, to do a Game Boy Classic, because people would eat that up from a nostalgia factor, but it'd been funny if Sony beat them with that punch and said, well, we're going to do a PSP Classic, lying yeah. off of the PSP success, but it I would, think that there's a little less hunger for the PSP, because it's not quite as nostalgic as PS1. Yeah, that's true. Now, but go ahead. I will, I will 
say one thought is that regarding the PS1 Classic is that a lot of people, two thoughts really, but people are really mad that Sony has been this way towards emulation and such, going as far as creating third-party memory or first-party memory cards for a handheld of the Vita to prevent this kind of thing from happening. That's not which, emulation, though. That's piracy. Very different ballgame. The primary goal well, of, of the memory card was, was to say, keep games from being pirated for the Vita. Honestly, I don't think they were as much worried about people getting PS1 games running on Vita because that's not a that's not a very big source right, of Right, but from. but but of course they are against it. And I know and I'm not really against what emulation? Yes. Because they're uh, they're not now. And that's one thing that's important well, to clear up. It, it was the fact that they were though and then they they they've done so much to prevent emulation when 19 they're, years ago. Was the, was the only time that they've done a suit against anything, and, True. and oh, and failed, and then bought the. Well, like I said, I'm not. Out. I'm not for this. I'm just. I'm reiterating. I'm just saying that facts facts matter in this in this yeah. particular situation and because Blake said the same thing, and I'm not saying he's wrong to be like, oh, it's a little scummy, but I think it's also a little weird to judge a company 20 years later for something it did, you know, essentially 20 years in the past, and then now them using. If anything, this goes to show that they've somewhat flipped their, you know, they've turned they've, away from it and yeah. have embraced emulation now you can say it's for monetary benefit but the, the it doesn't matter what it comes down to is sony's not actively trying to stifle emulation and they're not doing what nintendo's done they're not attacking rom sites and uh, and going after them and saying no you can't do those we're closing you down nintendo is the one actively doing that sony's not so we already know that their stance on this has changed right and that's and and a lot of people are saying that they are so against emulation now they're using open source the thing about open source emulation is it's just that it's open, open source. source. Anybody so can use it as long can, as you follow the licensing agreement. Exactly. So people are saying that they're in the wrong. Morally, maybe, possibly, but I don't really I think, don't think so. so. Yeah. The second thing is is that I just now recently found out that it's the original DualShock. It does not have vibration. which No analog stick, which limits what games do and don't work on it. Right. So that's part of why... People are talking about the games list, but the games list has limitations because it has to be games that support the. So going you know, going back to Metal Gear Solid One, when you fight Psycho Mantis, there's a part where he literally says, "Let me move your controller of my mind, set it on the floor, and you sit on the floor and it vibrates and it moves." Can't do that. And that, and what's funny is that game's included. It is. That's why. That's why I brought it full circle. It's ridiculous. I'm not buying it. I'm just uh, uh, people. I, I really do not understand why if they it goes did not on sale do for a traditional 60, controller. That's such a weird move. Well, and and what's even worse? When the DualShock became the the best selling controller because of the fact that it was such an an, an improvement. What's even worse is that the uh, slots they use for the controllers are actually proprietary, so you can't even make adapters to wait Bluetooth adapters. Not the, no, okay, I'm not saying Sony, Hold but on, which, which one's proprietary? The ones on the PS1 Classic. No, they're just USB ports. They're not just USB ports. Everything, I just read an article the other day about it. Uh, like I'll show you what they did. Look. Somebody go in. Is it, is, is it a USB port that has some kind of weird dongle that keeps you from pushing a normal USB into it? Um, it looked like the PlayStation One, the wide port that it was the same similar on PS Two. It looks like the same thing. It's not the same port because everything's scaled down. But well, look, I'm just saying that's I'm, not worth getting to on the episode. But it's what, not. What's your point behind it? Um, yeah, look at that. That's not a standard USB. And yeah. That, well, you're looking at something. Someone's already said that. It, yeah. It's literally just a USB port, but to where the controller, where they did that for, for look. Okay, now I it's see. So I am, I am incorrect. Gotcha. Because okay, I, yeah, I was, I was thinking, I'm like, that sucks because on the on the SNES Classic and stuff, people have hacked those and made... Um, uh, emulation boxes out of them? Well, no, yeah, emulation boxes out of them, and they've paired their PS4 controller to them. It yeah. doesn't work that well because they're still working out bugs, but there are controllers that you can go buy that have the 10-foot cables instead of the 3-foot cables, Yeah, and it works fine with mm -hmm. analog sticks. 
So those those I was telling them about that Discord the other day is that you know depending on your morals, you know people go and hack those and put PS One games on there and Nintendo sixty four games which. Nintendo 64 is emulation's crazy. I'm going to say this real quick because it's not well known. To emulate Nintendo 64 the best way, you actually have to do it through the Dolphin, emulating the Wii, and then emulating a Nintendo 64 game on the Wii. Weird. It is. That's the apparently the best way. So, Well, Dolphin's also, it's actually GameCube Wii. It's just that GameCube Wii with the same hardware. No, there's a Dolphin Wii. I mean, they're they're essentially the both. The Dolphin was the one for GameCube and the one for Wii. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. I, they, thought, I they, thought you said that. That okay, never mind. I I, I think I let's, worded. Let's it let's go through news. Let's 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 go. We're we're spending a long time on this. I'm kind of surprised. Anyway, last things up <clears throat> for those bummed that Diablo Immortal is landing on phones. You can experience a new loot-filled dungeon crawler in the way of Path of Exile, which is finally making its way to PS4. The game is free to play, so it warrants at least a try, in my opinion, if you are a fan of the genre. This is cool because originally it's been on Xbox for about a year now, and I didn't know if it was going to make its way over, so that's great. Uh, and It's, it's actually it's a, a fun game. game. I it played is. it on PC. Yeah, I have about 10 hours on PC. Weirdly yeah. enough, they had glitches, and or not glitches, but performance issues. I get drop frames like crazy. Should not get dropped. Your computer is weak, boy. My computer is. Price it up. The opposite of weak. Uh, the Order eighteen eighty six developer Ready at Dawn, and this is amazing. I hope it leads towards something good. Have announced that they are expanding their operations by by opening a new satellite studio in Portland, Oregon. Uh, this begs the question as to why they could be working on. Uh, what they could be working on to necessitate or justify this expansion. A smart management and a reasonable team size make it reasonable to think that, you know, they've been able to keep costs down and be smart with how they do things. But expanding into a completely different studio, to me, is a sign that they are doing something more than just small deals that are able to do this. This is this seems like what you do when you know you have guaranteed work coming in. Yeah. This seems like triple A game. What do you think the chances are that they're partnering with another console manufacturer? Pretty Maybe high. even could be Microsoft this time. Uh, or if be. they're partnering with Sony again and either making a new game for Sony, uh, making a new game in an existing franchise for Sony, which they've done before, or if we're coming back for that 1887. I'll say that kind of goes into, into point two. Make another game an existing franchise, you said. Well, yeah, to be fair, but not their franchise is what I meant. Because oh, I see what you're They saying. made Daxter. They made God of War. Make Daxter 2. Daxter was a Come fantastic 3D platformer. So that's cool. And then the last thing up on the list is those waiting for Beat Saber on PSVR don't have long left as the game has finally been given a November 20th release date. Brings with it new content including a campaign mode which I didn't know that the first one didn't have or the you know Oculus version didn't have. New songs, modifiers, practice mode and more. I don't think that the exclusive songs are a real boon. It helps that they are going to add songs to this, but the number one reason that I see people being kind of cool on this is that if you played the game on Oculus and that's why you're excited, the computer version has custom tracks that you can load in, which gives you an essentially limitless track listing, and that's not going to happen on PS4. Yeah. Partially because of legal reasons, but also just because we know how PS4 is. That Actually, seeing that news is what motivated me to finally start actually thinking about buying a PSVR. Oh, what, Beat Saber? Yeah, Beat Saber tied with, of course, Red Dead, Super Hot. Uh, Red Dead? Resident Evil. I did oh. that earlier today, I think, when I was talking to you uh, before the podcast. I was like, Resident Evil? Nope. Red Dead. But yeah, uh, Resident Evil 7, uh, Super Hot, Beat Saber, and... Uh, Firewall. Firewall, maybe. You but need to try it. Still. What Not this weekend, obviously. What was the, um, the hamster game? The hamster game? 
It's not a hamster, but that's what that's the closest thing. Oh, I'm moss. Up. Yeah, moss. There we a go. Mouse. Yeah, mouse. Oh, it was a mouse, wasn't it? Yes. Quill. Huh. Quill. Quite good. Anyway, let's move into the reader mail so we can get sure. For those that don't going. know, reader mail is our weekly segment where we ask you guys questions on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday. Also, don't forget about our Facebook group, and uh, we take two answers from Twitter, one answer to questions from Twitter, one question from Facebook, and we answer them live on the air. If you don't hear your questions answered, never fret, never frown. Look forward to the first Friday of every month, and we will answer them all in a reader mail episode for all the questions we did not get to. Number one, what game has inspired you to listen to a new band? For example, Sacred 2 has a quest line that ends up with you listening to Blind Guardian, which made me listen to other songs by them. Our good buddy Matt on Twitter. It's a good question. and I have a very cheap answer to this. Me too, and I think it's Guitar it. Hero. <laughs> uh, yeah. Guitar Hero opened me up to um, Guitar Hero 2 and 3, but really 3. There is a band... Um, called in or the endless sporadic and they have a song mm. on there called impulse yep and that was an amazing song and a very fun song when i play on expert on guitar hero so that band I actually listened to for a good while on guitar hero 3 the guitar hero 2 on the other hand they had um actually my my, my memories may be combining these was drist on three or two drist was on two that's what i thought and that anarchy club awesome. was on anarchy club has been on so many of them including rock band anarchy club i found through them and i love them yes they are so good they are oh uh, man uh, so that's those, those definitely right there. one of them um they uh, guitar Hero two was actually what introduced me to buckethead who is amazing yeah what song do they have on there jordan that's what it was and that's the hardest song in the whole game not to me here's the thing the bone truck door is still the hardest song to me what it's the timing of that song i can't i can't get that down but i can get down jordan perfectly you're weak i mean maybe but maybe just be that much stronger here's what i mean i five gold star didn't miss a note jordan after constant repetition of getting it and that's hard i don't think i've ever tried to do that oh i I did the whole game which sucks because trophies didn't exist and i did it all on ps2 so that's shame. a that's a good game, both uh, of those. But that's definitely and one. And Rock Band is the same way. Where every now and you roll through and you find a band, you're like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, I and like sometimes it's bands that you knew about but you never listened to. Like uh, I'd listened to Dream Theater probably in my life before and didn't know that I'd listened to them. But until Rock Band One came out, I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, and Dream Theater on there with the Octavarium album and the song uh, Panic Attack. That song was so dope that I immediately left, went, picked up the album, listened to the whole thing. I was like, that's amazing. And then just kind of went back and I like... <laughs> Never listened to him again. Not, no, no. I, I, I listen to Octavarium I thought, all the time. I thought you were about to say, like, that's that's how it was. I listened no, no, to the no, album was dope. That, Never again to host Octavarium is weirdly... And I think it's because of how I found it. Octavarium is my favorite album still. Uh, but Buy them? I, yeah, but I still have... Some of their older albums are, are, are okay. They're pretty They've good. been around for a long time. Yeah, they're pretty good. I've so. listened to like one or two of their albums and it's been so long I don't remember the name of any of the songs or the albums. But Michael Dowdy actually told me about them and they're really good i have another cheat answer uh listening to near and near automata soundtracks just away from the game i would say near automata for sure because i literally for listen to sure. that a lot we become gods is who become ace gods. in the hole yeah listen you know i know how, how you, you know are how i am i know what grace is teaching us what we are lacking in i didn't say all that I've, yes I, you did no i haven't i have i have added more stuff to that for the meme nope you did grace, that no i said grace has taught us what we're lacking but it's grace teaches us what we are lacking is it not grace teaches us what we are lacking what is it uh, it will roll through Saul. okay when are y'all making me a yakuza case and why does brett like country music number two by hokotu uh, well, the answer to the, the latter part of that question is that country music just soothes the soul. 
I don't actually like country music, so um, neither one of us do. Besides Ram Ranch, you know, man, Richard is gonna love you. <laughs> do not go look up Ram Ranch if you are near children. I don't even. I still have. I listen to it by proxy of him playing it because like he he keeps trying to get me to do it. He played it over the party chat yesterday, and I was like, you know, it's funny. I was like, by trying to make me listen to it, you're listening to it more predominantly than anyone. Yeah. Yeah, they have like seven of them, apparently. He put Ram Range 7 in the Discord the other day, and I'm like, they have seven of these songs? What is wrong with this man? Uh, anyway, no, the Yakuza case, uh, you know, we, we got to see. I still haven't dabbled into Yakuza to get a, a love for the series to want to do it, but you know what? Yakuza Kiwami's free this month. I'm going to grab it. By the time I get to play it, maybe I'll love it. I've heard a lot of good things from people who didn't know if they'd like it coming in, playing it because it's free and loving it, Sean being one of them. I've seen a lot of people mimic that, or people that came in on the most recent Yakuza and like, holy crap, and then went back and played more. I'm picking up Zero, but I am going to play them how I was recommended online. It actually might have been... Hakuto told us to... Or, told the discord play one, one zero zero, zero two. than two yeah that's and that's what i'm going to end up doing because I, I trust him over anybody else when it comes to that sure. series so yeah that's it brett since the last one came on facebook how about you take this one okay and mr Corey crash asked what are the podcasts if any that you listen to throughout the week uh, and donovan tried making a joke and saying brett none saw hipster unheard of Hold on, I'm gonna pull it up. I'll say actually, mine's Joe Rogan, which is the, one of the most, if not one, if not the most popular podcast in the world. Uh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, Brett, Brett Nunn saw some obscurely popular one. Is Joe Rogan obscure? I no, mean, no, so, not at all. He's the, pretty much the biggest podcast out there, as far as I can tell. I listen to Joe Rogan as well. Um, Definitely since I've been driving a little bit more, I got to be careful. One thing I'll say, and I think that Saul has kind of been agreeance on this. We used to listen to gaming podcasts, which is obviously what inspired us to yes. do a gaming podcast. But by doing a gaming podcast, you inherently don't want to listen to other gaming podcasts because you've covered a lot of what well, they're talking about. And the only thing you're getting there is opposite sides of opinions. So it's not that I don't want to hear those opinions. It's that I don't want to feel like our podcast is not is inadvertently copying subconsciously by stealing exactly yeah so, so instead i just kind of don't pay attention to them i'll watch the occasional singular video by somebody in relation to games well, like every now and then collins uh individual side quest videos i actually watch yeah in terms of like they're not really podcast but I, I in terms of video game stuff i watch him a lot uh if it's not for like destiny content but yeah any of the other gaming podcasts i used to watch i'm not gonna name any channels but there are just some things that they have done uh, or people they have brought on that, that to me don't feel like they know what they're talking about. And I just got this really bad vibe off of it. Like on, on what? I'm sorry. Uh, just uh, some of the gaming podcasts. Oh, just, okay. In to. general. And sometimes I'm sure we come across like we don't know what we're talking about. Cause and, sometimes we don't. Yeah. So there you go. But that's just one reason I don't really watch gaming podcasts anymore. The ones I used to like have failed me. So don't let us fail you. Correct us. <laughs> but Brett, why don't you lead us into the main topic, sir? That was all over your mail. This one's kind of a weird topic, too. I should, I should go ahead and say that there's not a lot going on in the news. There's not a lot going on uh, in gaming industry right now that's very topical, at least on the PlayStation side of things. So this one kind of comes at the cost of a meme, almost, that is... Kind of, but there, there's more to it than that. There's way more to it than that. So at this point, what it, really, what it made us even think about doing the topic was uh, Mr. El Shabib asked us... <clears throat> Excuse me, what do you answer people when they ask what are your hobbies? Do you shy away from the answer of playing video games? And, you know, that obviously goes into the fact that gamers have long been known to have a stigma against them and that society, at least as a whole, 
<laughs> I know. Anyway, society, at least as a whole, and Saul's laughing because of these stupid memes. We live in a society. We do live in a society. Um, but anyway, with with what's going on, he essentially means that for a long time, and it still exists to some extent, and it's kind of a, I think it's, it's an ever-changing landscape, but people will definitely look at you and think less of you because you like to spend time playing games, despite the fact that a lot of their hobbies are essentially the exact same thing. Uh, an example, uh, our buddy Cody, just throwing it out there, his family used to get mad when we'd be playing Destiny or Terraria or whatever when we were playing games trying to platinum together. Uh, when we'd be on party chat, we'd be doing that, all right? And it was a Sunday, right? He, was, he wasn't sitting with the family who were all together watching the Super Bowl, uh, sitting on their butts for five hours. Instead, he was sitting on his butt playing was doing, with me. And they said, you're just sitting on your butt playing video games, completely unaware of the total hypocrisy that they were just He's sitting engaging. on his butt doing something he wants to do instead of sitting on his butt doing what he doesn't want to do, which is what they were doing. But essentially what they were doing, right? Exactly. So they were being hypocritical because of the fact that they were sitting on their butt doing something they enjoyed while, you know, and not doing what he enjoyed. It's just, it's a dumb thing. And it definitely exists. It exists to an even further extent, I think, sometimes in the South, where there's a lot of uh, technological technology is a little slower to uh, to you know proliferate around these areas and get people to get used to them. A lot of people go roll through life in these areas not knowing how to use a computer. Well, I wouldn't even um, say that. I would just say that there is there is almost a I would say a stigma about the South that is true in terms of rednecks, and I don't really like that term for better or worse because that term's so broad and useless down here because there's it's just broad and useless. There's too many different types in a way. Well, there's, but there's also well, there's it's nuanced, also right because I think by some people's ex- definition of a redneck, we are rednecks just by the nature living of in us. the south. That's a, yeah. That's and then some yeah. people are rednecks just for driving big jacked up trucks, uh, which is crazy because some of the people I know that drive big jacked up trucks also play video games. So they don't too, they don't, they don't correlate as well as people. Uh, from different places in well, the country if, or the world. Thing. Even if they were rednecks, right? There's still cross sections. There is, but most people would not associate game playing with rednecks. Is no, like what you uh, kind of mean? No, by. and 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 especially down here for us. So, for growing up here, uh, I could definitely tell you that this is a whole different time too, being in the early '90s. But growing up here. This was still in the stigma of the early '90s that video games made you a nerd, and ner- and not being a nerd was cool. If you weren't, you know, playing football or baseball or basketball, or here you have those, but you also have hunting and stuff like that too. You weren't really deemed as cool. And I I know a lot of people actually that got picked on because of like they were they were nerds in the traditional sense. Um, one of my best friends growing up was picked on a lot when he was a nerd. Uh which is crazy because where he works now is completely different than anyways. Um, he works at Cooper, which is like, okay, which is completely weird. But anyways, um, it's weird because there's this negative stigma that goes against it. But I also think that there are so many different varieties of these kinds of people that it's hard to generalize that stigma across the entire board of people who play video games. Sure. I think it's easy for people who don't play games at all to group all gamers into one stigma and, and go, hey, here's the stereotype for them. I this think is that what certainly happens. happens, but and no offense to anybody who listens that is older, but I think with the older crowd, that is typically the thought process. It's like they all, like if they all play video games, they must all be this in their mind. And that comes like, from not understanding the medium. Exactly. And yeah, that's and why I like people, people at work who know that I do this, 
I cannot describe it as a podcast because they don't know what a podcast is. So I literally say an internet radio show. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's because that's essentially what this is now, except the fact of being live. And what's funny is some people will be like, "Well, podcast is blah," but all you got to do is just change the wording of what it is, and all all that essentially comes down to. And this happens with gaming too. If you just change and label, if you if you the language is so important in how people react to what you're saying, right? And you say, oh, uh, you know, I play online with friends or whatever. You're like, oh, yeah, I play Call of Duty online. People are like, ugh. Or people will be thinking of Candy Crush or something instead, which is still a game, which gets into the whole kind of like side thing of like people saying that Call of Duty and Madden and stuff aren't games. That's but, why, yeah, that's a whole other argument because yeah. those are more traditional games than, than anything. But even well, then, you're, you're right in the aspect mobile of games. everything about those is what's helped this situation actually and it's still like i said it's an ever-changing landscape uh it's a medium to bring people in but the proliferation of games obviously and the fact that they're bigger than ever now has helped because more people game so the more people that game and then of course this sounds bad but as older generations die off uh who never understood gaming or or, or it's not so much never understood but it's the, and i know people like this so don't tell me that's uncommon but i don't know you won't because you know people like this but they don't care to try to understand yeah, they're set in their ways, and then they just want to be ignorant to what the tr- like I say truth, I guess, but the real aspect of it is. Well, they're ignorant. They they want to remain ignorant to it because they don't have to worry about changing their stance on exactly it, because some, that that mm-hmm. for some people is too much energy, and they just don't like being wrong. Yeah, there's that, but there's also people like my grandpa who this isn't a bad thing, and he didn't really have a stigma. You just tell he didn't understand it. Right. He he did not understand what gaming was. He what's funny is if anything, even though he didn't understand it, when he'd occasionally watch me play and he'd catch me playing, like if he would have been able to watch me play Red Dead, he probably would have been in love. Oh, I sent my dad a screenshot of Red Dead and I'm like, Dad, you would love this game. And yeah. he, he he even messaged me back saying game question mark like he probably thought it was a TV show because it looks so good from the and he, well, I mean, it's probably been it's probably been since I lived at home ten years ago or that he eight saw years ago that he saw a game. Yeah, there's that, but I even think it's you know what it, what it comes down to. The more that you can get into something they understand, the better it gets. Like so in Far Cry, when I would be hunting. Grandpa be like, okay. He, he thought it was cool, and he was like, he would just sit there, and you could tell he was like, this is weird. I don't know what I'm looking at, but I sure am looking at it. And I do yeah. think that to some extent, I don't even know that Grandpa understood that I was gaming. I do think sometimes he was like, is this it, just a TV? What show? kind of window is this? <laughs> what kind of window into the caveman era is this boy looking through? But it's very interesting because, like, you know, I was playing Far Cry 4, and I, you can tell he's just looking at it. And Far Cry 4 looks really good. Grandpa didn't have great vision. I'm sure he was just looking at the TV like, what is that? What is he watching? And, like, I, I get that often so, enough. Like, there's actually times when I'm playing a game. I had a point. But go ahead. Finish your thing. I'll go back to oh, that It kind of it kind of goes with that, though. Of like, where I'm sure that if somebody walked in and I had, like, my arms under a cover, and, like, they were watching what I was playing, they're like, what show is that? Because it looks that real. But On certain ahead. games, yeah. UI is, like Detroit. UI is typically what gives you away, but games like Detroit, definitely, when there's minimal yeah. UI. Even yeah. God of War at points. Yeah. But what was your point? Uh, anyway, my point was the, prover- the pro- proliferation of gaming and how it's gotten so big, and then on top of the fact that it got big in and of itself uh, from console and PC gaming, you also had uh, phone gaming come up. And mobile gaming starts to blur that line more, right? It does. And you still see it happen. I even see it happen occasionally around here. But people who want, and this is just a sad reality, and, and some people it's helped. So some people start playing games on their phone, they realize, oh, I'm, I'm technically a gamer. And some people, you have this true gamer crowd. So well, No, some people 
Go ahead. Yeah, you have this. You have this true gamer, gamer crowd who are like, "Oh, if you call yourself a gamer and all you do is play mobile games, and you're filth." There's the people on the opposite end of that exactly. too, which is nuts to exactly. me. Exactly. They're like, "I play Candy Crush. This is a puzzle, not a game. That's a exactly. It's, it's a game. It's a very casual game." That's why I say. So it shows the the it shows the stigma. And it's what's more funny. Now we're getting into another stigma that some gamers have against people who aren't gamers or people who are gamers that they don't deem at mobile fit. level. Yeah. But regardless, yeah, that that's that's what I mean though is that it starts to blur that line when some people start playing games on their phone and they go like eventually it kind of hits and they're like, I can technically consider myself a gamer now. Definitely when you start getting people who are playing traditional games on emulators from their phone because they they had a small experience with them when they were kids and they were like, oh yeah, I played Pokemon for like eight hours when I was a kid and it was cool. Now they download a Game Boy Advance emulator and play the entirety of Pokemon Blue on their phone. That's a traditional game. It doesn't matter if you're playing it on a mobile platform. And I mean, to be fair, it doesn't matter if you're playing a mobile game. If you're playing Candy Crush and you play Candy Crush and all these other ones like Cat, uh, Cat what castle crashers or what i don't know that it's games. not castle crashers clash, cl- of clash of clans yeah or clan or, or yeah clash so anyway if you play those games or if you play games like a tomb you know lorecroft go or hitman go which were phone games to begin with if you play those and you're you are a gamer and it doesn't really matter and there's a, a lot of people like you know richard i think oftentimes thinks that we're trying to diss phone gaming we're not no what we're saying is that if i found what one you're I liked, showing i'd play it exactly what you're showing to us and in, in, in trying to make us what I think you picture as us being against gaming, so you're trying to swing us to your side on mobile gaming. It's not that. It's that what you're showing it isn't enough to sway my opinion on it being fun to play on a mobile device. A lot of it comes down to just preference. Even though there are those really cool new Bluetooth controllers you could buy that slide onto each end of your phone, they actually have two joysticks and face buttons and yeah. triggers and stuff. Which then the game has to support it, which is one thing. Uh, no, I would say they actually have a hot map, a hot mapping app that comes with it that you can actually program any emulating. That's game cool. To. That's new. That is really cool. Yeah, that, uh, that's new. Were yeah, because I've seen ones in the past that were like that. But you you had to have games that supported a controller being plugged in. Well, and, and going back, these are not my words to start this like little example off with, so do not chastise me. Do not look at me negatively. This is somebody I grew up with. This is one of my... And he's still a good friend, and he's changed, but a little bit. But one of my friends uh, grew up, and if you looked at him, you would never, ever, ever in your life think he would play games. Ever. And he actually referred to himself as a closet gamer. Meaning, like, he would try to keep that hidden because he did not want people to bully him. He did not want people to make fun of him. He did not want people to think any less of him as a person because Avoid he played the drama. Yeah, yeah. video games. So he's like, I'm a closet gamer. The second somebody comes up and starts talking to me about gaming, and I can tell they're genuine, he's like, I open the floodgates. He's like, anime, gaming, everything comes out. You know this person. We played Destiny with him there or not. Um, really? Yeah. It is not Joe. <laughs> I will say that much. So there's only at least one other person. But uh, that I played Destiny with? Yes. Gavin. Oh. I'll just say his name out because nobody will ever find him. Okay. <laughs> but, no one. But yeah, you'll if you looked at this guy walking down the road or like at, at Walmart or wherever you may be, you would never think he played video games. And it's because he kept it hidden because he, uh, we had a good friend growing up that was bullied really, really bad because he played. He was a, he was a hardcore nerd, but boy, was he cool. He was like more so than I was. This guy was like on a whole nother level. He was very smart, yet he wasn't very uh, charismatic. So he had that kind of like almost back in the early 90s, early 2000s of like that nerd personality. He keeps to himself, doesn't talk to anybody, doesn't really have friends if there's nobody in the class he's friends with. And nerd in a non-derogatory sense. We're just yes. talking about what people would classify and just back using then, it as a, Especially back then. As because, a label in a more positive way. Because the thing is, we're talking about stigmas, but then we're using labels. But yeah, not like in the we're same both, sense. Because like we're stigma, all nerds. If you're watching this podcast, you're a nerd. I hate to break it to you. 
I mean, you didn't find us by accident. If you made it this far, then welcome. And you're, you're not, a nerd. You're not just a nerd. That's the thing. And that's where I think that what's interesting about stigmas before you go and finish your thing is just to clarify so that when we're using some of these labels is that we're using the labels in a non-derogatory sense and that we're not right. trying to limit someone to them. Whereas a stigma is traditionally tied around the thought that when you use it and you talk about it and you bring it up in your head, people who have that stigma on other people for whatever it is – Think it's the Lump worst everyone thing. together, and it's in a limiting fashion. So yeah. it's like, well, they're just that. They can never be anything but that. And we're not doing that, you know. But by, by saying a nerd, we're well. Th- this is essentially embracing what was originally made fun of for us. You know, it's it's the way of it's traditionally how groups of people, however they define themselves as a group, will take a word that's normally used against them and and reclaim it in a more positive fashion. So yeah, just and continue. Sorry, no. That's pretty much that's pretty much the point of it, though. Uh, is he did not want people to generalize like who he was. Like he was so nerdy. Like, so he was not, he, and this is, like I said, I this was like 2000 or 99. So I was eight, nine to 10, depending on the year. Um, and he would be bullied. Like he, like I've seen him personally be bullied before, uh, before I was really friends with him and not talking about Gavin. I'm talking about one of our friends yeah, growing up with us. I got you. Um, but he, and he, he fit the stereotype perfectly. He had the, the pants that were real high up. We had to wear school uniforms, so everybody had polos on and stuff. But he had the pants that were real high up. He had, you know, the backpack that didn't, like, sit anywhere near his waistline. It was way up on his back. He was a really cool, genuine guy. He's actually a doctor now, but uh, which goes to show all the people that bullied him. This man's Look at him go. living, yeah, in nice house, driving a nice car, and he's a doctor. Uh, but he got bullied. But, like, that's, that's kind of the way that the stigma can work on that end is that people hide who they are. And to answer LGBT's question to come full circle is I'd never do that. When it comes to music, when it comes to hobbies, when it comes to anything, I tell people I like, you know, computers. I like video games. I like music. I like movies. I like TV shows. And I stick to this kind of regimen of myself. If it's not The Office I'm watching, it's Breaking Bad. If it's not Breaking Bad I'm watching, I'm, it's, um, oh man, Parks and Rec. I was, I couldn't believe I almost forgot that. <laughs> it's like I stick to this very minimal regimen of myself that, and if I'm not watching those three shows combined with Scrubs, because you can't find Scrubs anywhere, right? I'm watching uh, one out of 30 movies that I'll just rewatch, like No Country for Old Men, Bruce Almighty, just stuff I know that I love, and I'm very open about that kind of thing, but I feel like that people are the same way or similar to this, where they feel shut in and they feel like they uh, they don't belong, and that's just not how you should ever feel. Like you should always, and that's why I was telling people to join our Discord. Sure, there is times in there where things can be said offensively, and we're actually working on that right now uh, in terms of making sure that everybody can enjoy Discord and not jump into a space that they're going to be they feel like they're being attacked in um, to a to a to a degree. Sure, and that's why I always tell people like, hey, you know, if you enjoy the content we're saying, and if you enjoy uh anything about this show like we're even more responsive and reactive in discord because all it takes is for you guys to pop in and ask us what all we're doing it's like hey we're eating dinner right now playing whatever or you know we're i'm at work what's up or, yeah, you know. and I think it, for some people who may have to hide themselves otherwise, where they are, you have a because of course, like what we're saying is the stigma still exists. It does, and that's and, just and, 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 and it makes it's people feel there. really now, bad about themselves. It, it's ever changing, and I think like Fortnite becoming so popular, um, and and sports games coming well, so popular. It's funny because people become gamers by nature of that, and you know, it's funny they may not go into it thinking they're a gamer, but suddenly. They're buying consoles and uh, buying Fortnite currency and spending money, and then that may break them into, well, you know what? Now I'm going to try this other shooter game that's more of a, you know, that's not free to play and it's not a cultural thing. And, uh, you know, it's not, a, it's not in the zeitgeist at the moment. Instead, we're going to go, hey, you know what? 
Uh, here's this obscure third-person shooter that looks cool, though, and I'm just going to try it because I want to. And you see people, like I've talked about Mario that I work with and how he transitioned into gaming. He traditionally just played sports games. And then because he kept doing that over a long period of time, he eventually got to the point where we were talking, and you could tell he had a small interest, and I let him borrow a game that he had a little bit of interest in, and he ended up bringing Was it, it back. Near? No. It should have been near. Uh, he's, I'm still trying to get him to play that one. But he's still far more of a game, and he buys a lot of games nowadays, and he plays a lot of them. Uh, I want to say it was it was uh, Shadow of or yeah Shadow of Mordor. That was the game. He had never played anything like it. He played it, brought it back to me, and ever since then he got into The Witcher Three. Played and beat The Witcher Three multiple times. Wow, that's a that's a feat on its own, right he there. He got Red Dead. He picked up Detroit. He picked up God of War. Beat God of War. He picked up. I mean, like. And now you can still say that he's playing surface-level popular games, and that's not a problem. It's just he's playing things that he, – he's still working on diving into where he's still finding obscure stuff, but he, he's he's evolving constantly as a gamer. And even if he stays where he's at now, he's a gamer, and that's of his Of course. Is. Yeah, and, when he played sports games, he was still a gamer. And he, Yeah, exactly. But he, he's gotten to this point, too, which I'm really – I think is interesting, where he used to kind of like hide it because he thinks certain girls would think it was bad. Yep. Now he doesn't. Now, well, all you got to do is find the right girl if, if – and I've said this before on the podcast. Well, he's, he's, he's a bit of a. I know. He, he's a bit of a. He, he gets some, he gets some women. So, I know. but he used to try and be like, "Well, I don't want to limit my selection," which is ridiculous well, anyway. But here's here's my thing: is that, and this goes true to anybody and anything they do that they enjoy. Because that, he loves it so much that that wall came down. He yeah. didn't care at that point. That, well, and that's what I was going to say: is that if you love something, if it's a hobby, if it's anything related to anything. Don't ever let someone try to take that away from you or turn you against it if you know that's not the way you feel. And be you. I think the, exactly. the, the other side of that is like, I can answer LTB's question. No, I do not shy away from it. I literally wear anything that I love and my passions and my hobbies on my sleeve. And this I mean is, that. I have shirts that have the PlayStation logo and the PlayStation uh, face buttons down the arm. I wear band shirts all the time. A 26-year-old man wearing a Dragon Ball Z t-shirt right e- now. Exactly. So, so, And we go out. This isn't just what we wear. Because, of course, we're on the internet. Year old, but, I mean, we do this in the public with people who could look at us and potentially yeah. judge us but we don't care and I think that to some extent it's, I was never I never hid the fact that I gamed I, I'd wear God of War shirts constantly I say it's 40 degrees outside I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt <laughs> you're getting judges for that oh I am especially down here it's like y'all chill out <laughs> literally this is yeah. like this is the this is nothing but I mean that's what I say I mean I think that do you so me doing that I'm just most comfortable being myself and I enjoy wearing the shirts not because I want someone else to see that version of me but because when I even when I'm alone sometimes I put a shirt on and just wear it at the house no one's gonna see it but I'm just like I like wearing this shirt I have two of these shirts you, you know this there's one that's a 3XL or 2XL that's literally my comfy shirt yeah and that's what I mean it's like you just do you do what makes you best if for if you in your own mind like best and you're not hiding it just because of the stigma behind it or whatever if you don't go and represent and wear game t-shirts that doesn't make you less of a gamer that doesn't mean you're hiding yourself it's just maybe that's the way you like to enjoy your content if you don't like to talk about it a lot maybe you're a silent person and it's harder you to- shouldn't feel like you have to go and like you know just yell to the world about the things that you do love but if you do and that's what you want to do and, and not even yell to the world but and if be you wanna, confident about it yeah if you just want to talk about stuff or wear you know uh little memorabilia stuff like that that is gaming related and or movie related or whatever it is that your hobby is i think that that comes down to if that as long as that's what you want to do 
do it. Do it. Yeah. Never not do it because you feel like someone's doing that. That's just where I stand on it. But I do think that the stigma is constantly being worked on. And I think that it goes up sometimes because of like, oh, violence in video games. And people who play these video games yeah. are going to be monstrous men. And then it kind of goes back down and goes, oh, then you get to the side of people like, well, you can use video games to learn and create. Yeah. Or, and, you know, they had PS3s in hospitals. Yeah. And uh, I think something with PS4 is being a hospital soon. Probably. And you think you have games like Little Big Planet that help with creativity and uh, dreams upcoming is going to help with creativity and letting people kind of pour whatever it is in their mind into a canvas and try and uh, realize it. You have that. <clears throat> and yeah, I said it dreams is a game. <laughs> uh, but regardless, what I mean is that you have ways of doing that and there's good and bad to everything. And the thing is, is that uh, at, Every medium eventually has this this area that it goes through, and it just turns out that, and people talk about this a lot, but games is just one of the youngest mediums there is. So there's a lot attached to that. Games have not lived throughout an entire generation of people in the sense of like from birth to death. You know, whereas movies, there are people that were born after movies came out and have died, and movies are still being made. So, you know, that's how you know that film has become this transcendent thing where it, it, the medium has sure. matured completely. Music still gets a lot of stigmas, but in a very different sense. And it's not, it's, there's so many different stigmas that go into music too. Exactly. And it's not just one. And gaming is kind of getting to that point too, where it's like, Oh, well if you play on computer, then you sit there and eat Doritos while you play. Nobody you know, says that that's, that's Xbox, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that there's stigmas around it. I, I apparently I'm not up to date with the stigmas. Apparently so I'm an Xbox that. player. Cause I love eating Doritos while I play games and Mountain Dew. That's what everybody, it says Doritos Mountain Dew in a top hat. You know, it's funny that that people like that used to be just a common thing, like or not a common thing, but a common joke. But what's funny now is that it's become such a common joke that now that people like specify end caps for that in stores, where you'll see Doritos and two liters of Mountain Dew on there. They're doing that on purpose because you Marketing. all made a joke. You were being conditioned to buy these things. Anyway, I don't know. I think that this was this is just more of a, a weird uh, episode, but I did like the idea behind it because, you know, we were, before we, we started talking about it and Saul looked at these dumb memes where, of I was, course... For they, those that don't know, just go to the Reddit, uh, subreddit Gamers Rise Up. It's the... It is, I don't. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's for good or evil. I can't tell. It's the most but ridiculous But it's, it's so stuff. surreal to look at. It's just... And I'm not going to say it's not funny because there are some in there that are just... <laughs> that are ridiculous but some are so funny. let us let us know what you guys think how do you how do you all feel as gamers does it make you feel like you should hide something does it make it feel like you don't care are you that confident let us know in the discord or the comments down below and uh, as always we'll see you guys back again for episode 86 thank you thanks to our patrons chad v dan barber josh jarrell mikey 12 my name is dan douglas below shadowist steven salazar the Stonard, Travis Blow, Blake Popst, Eduardo Palomino. Uh, thanks for supporting us, and if you'd like to, then you can see so in the description below.